Son of a biscuit, I failed to get to the chopper. Well, I guess I'll sit back and listen to reviews and done. Let's get started. Here is your host, Derek Dunn. What up, world? Once again, it's Derek Dunn of Reviews and Dunn, back with another fire interview. Now, my guest today recently directed the film Emperor. And I had a chance to check this film out a few months back, but once I found out this gentleman was available for interviews, you know, I had to, you know, throw my head in the ring to be able to talk to him about it. So I want you guys to welcome to the line, Mr. Mark Amen, director of Emperor. How are you doing today, sir? I'm pretty good, thanks. This, uh, my last name is pronounced Amin, not Amin, Mark Amin. Amin. I um, got that, got it. So, you know, I'm doing really good, sitting here in Los Angeles, sunny, cool day, can't complain. Nice, yeah, I'm, I'm here in the D.C. area, and the weather's up here is also very nice, so enjoying this, uh, I guess, Indian fall, not Indian summer, since it's in the 70s up here. That's correct, yeah. So let's get right into it. What was your um, inspiration behind telling the story of Emperor? Were you aware of the story before you um, wrote the script, or did someone bring it to your attention? I, to be honest with you, I was uh, really interested in telling a story, inspirational story of a, a runaway slave. And I was looking, so I had the idea in mind, but I was really looking for the right story. And I looked at all the usual suspects, but um, they, and I had a research assistant that who was working and suddenly brought this uh, story of Shields Green to my attention as something that nobody ever heard of. And it was very little known, but the story really just hit all the right spots for me. It was, very inspiring you know, for a couple of reasons. One is that he actually ran away and he succeeded. And the other thing is that even though he could have gone on and lived in Canada happily ever after, because at that point, the Fugitive Slave Act, Act has been passed. And uh, you, if you were a runaway slave, you could not live in the Northern States. They could come and catch you and bring you back. But if you live to Canada, then a separate country, they couldn't do anything. And so he was offered the chance to go to Canada. And instead, uh, having met John Brown, he decided to go and fight for a bigger cause, uh, you know, to abolish slavery. And, uh, you know, and also, I was also a fan of John Brown uh, because uh, you know, he, here's a guy that, I, and I don't like that a lot of the previous movies and uh, stories written about him depict, him depict him as a little bit of a crazy uh, fanatic guy. My research showed that he was not. He was a very smart, well-calculating guy. And he, in fact, he's responsible for uh, uh, the, the ballot in Kansas uh, who did, you know, when they were taking, uh, uh, you know, asking people to vote whether they want to allow slavery to be legal in Kansas or not, he's single-handedly responsible for swaying the vote and making sure that the Kansas voted to be a free state, as opposed to Missouri next door, but being voted to, to allow slavery. 
so I was very impressed by him and the fact that he actually went into Harper's Ferry raid knowing that he was risking his life and he, he would probably die. And he thought it was just a good cause to die with. And if you look at, uh, you know, history, we have so many people who have done that and we don't make fun of them. We think they're heroes. I don't know why they make fun of John Brown. So for me, seeing these two people, uh, their stories come together and go and take part in Harper's Ferry Raid, which was, yes, a very, very uh, risky and almost suicide mission. But both of them knew that this was a... Uh, uh, risky mission for a bigger cause or something that bigger than their lives and they chose to do it. So to me, this, this, this was just such an inspiring story that I decided to write and direct a movie about it. Nice, nice. What was your reaction when Dayo Okanayao tried out for the lead role of Shields Green? Was he always going to be doing the role? Was there anyone else you were looking at for your lead? In fact, yes, because, you know, being a first time director and everybody told me you got to get stars, you need stars. And we went after the usual suspects, but being a first time director, you know, we couldn't get um, any of the big name actors to respond. Uh, a lot of them liked the script. They just didn't, weren't sure if they want to work with a first time director. In the meantime, Dio, uh, I had a, he called me, he was living in New York at the time, and we had a really good uh, uh, phone conversation. And uh, he told me not only how much he liked the script, but that he, he thinks he could do a great job. And we still had an audition of about 30 different people. And you know what? He, first of all, he flew, flew to Los Angeles and his own died. I think he really got that story. He, he really, really wanted it. And then among the auditions, he just kept consistently popping to the top of our list. And then, uh, you know, I just figured, okay, this is, this is our guy. He's so, he, he's so good, he's so talented, he's so smart also. And, you know, there's some people who are really great actors, but not necessarily from intellectual point of view, um, you know, on the same page with you. But Dio was not only a great actor, but was super smart intellectually as well. And uh, we hit it off and we decided to cast him. Cool, cool. Also, I want to shout out Nachari Naughton, who played uh, Sarah Green. It was refreshing to see her do something else besides power? How oh, did he yeah. uh, end up getting the role of uh, Shields' Shield wife? Yeah, yeah, she's, again, uh, okay, let me tell you something about all this cast we have in the movie now. I know Notori is kind of a star. She's really, she's like the lead in power. She's really well known, as well as Kat Graham and, uh, you know, James Cromwell, Bruce Stern, uh, Michael T. Williamson. All these people, um, came into this movie because they loved the script. Uh, to, because frankly, we didn't have a budget to be able to pay anybody anything more than their normal scale. So, uh, and Naturi, you know, she really liked the script and she really liked the role and she did an amazing job as you've seen in the movie. Um, she just, uh, you know, played this role of the mother whose son, uh, in, uh, on one hand, she's trying to protect her son on the other hand, trying to educate her son, 
which was a big dilemma. Uh, I, I, she, she, she was really great to work with. And, uh, and she, you know, she came up with a lot of little ideas of her own as well. Cool. And shout out to uh, Ben Robinson for playing. A ben, ben Robinson, yeah. A great, great antagonist. I hope I can see more of him in the future. Yeah, I, sh I hope so too. I think he's such a great, he's, such, he's like a movie star and he's really good. He has such a presence that uh, you don't really need, need to do anything. And again, for, we, had, we had several auditions and Ben was, at that time he was living in London and we got on the phone, we did some Skypes and stuff, calls together, and we decided he was, and I also wanted, uh, because this was, because Dio, Shields was very young, Dio was young, I also wanted to make sure that my antagonist is also young. And Ben, ben just fit the bill and he did, delivered an amazing performance. Was there anything in your research of Shields Green that, when you were writing your script that didn't get him, didn't make, Excuse me. They didn't make it to the movie because of uh, budgetary reasons that you wanted to really shoot and possibly highlight. Uh, I don't think so. I think we pretty much, uh, you know, first of all, uh, we did a lot of research. There's there's not a lot known about his life, so uh, it is I mean, everything that uh, we knew we put in the movie. Uh, like I said, but there's not a lot known. Some interesting things happened while we were, uh, you know, once we started going, we kept doing research. And for example, we found out that, she, uh, you know, there is a monument in Oberlin, uh, in a park in Oberlin, Ohio, uh, to the people uh, who, to, you know, participated in Harper's Ferry Raid. And we found out that Shield's name was added to that monument later he was not there so that means he was just getting discovered in fact one of the things about this harper's ferry john brown and almost everybody knew about john brown his son very little was known about the african-americans who participated in the raid and we decided to in addition to shields focus a little bit on dangerfield newbie who's also i mean everybody in, uh, in that raid uh, real characters and the story is very close to history, being historically accurate as far as the raid is concerned. Obviously, we've taken a lot of creative liberties in terms of the uh, Shield's journey from, uh, you know, being a slave to freedom and thing. But once you get to Harper's Ferry, um, it, a meeting with Frederick Douglass and John Brown is all pretty close to real history. Nice. Well, that being said, um, what advice can you offer to anyone that's aspiring to be a filmmaker or a screenwriter when it comes to adapting a true story and that naturally just for um, pacing reasons and for creative licensing, you can't always include everything in a true story. And, you know, I think a lot of people complain about that, but they don't really know how much goes into adapting, you know, a true story and why choices are made to sometimes alter history. So what advice can you offer to screenwriters who are wanting to adapt a true story of someone's life? Well, uh, for me, is uh, uh, you, you have, first thing you have to do is you have to make a decision whether you want 
make a movie, tell a story and make it engaging and entertaining? Or do you want to be totally true to history? Those two things can frequently be at odds with each other. So the way I look at it, and if you look at the movie, it says based on legend of Shields Green, the story is being told from a father's point of view, uh, from his son's point of view, and sons, you have a tendency to glorify their father. And so I was not trying to be historically accurate. Uh, I was just trying to make a movie that was uh, capture the spirit and the character of the, pe the, the people involved. Not necessarily exact details. Now, significant details, like I said, the escape, the Harper's Ferry, the timing, the history, they are pretty accurate. But in terms of details, I think I, my advice is whether you, just, you have to decide what kind of movie you want to make. Uh, if you want to make a documentary, something to be 100% accurate, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that then you have to be very, very faithful to historical facts. On the other hand, if you want to tell a really good story and uh, get the audience engaged and be a movie, uh, then um, you, you can take a lot of uh, uh, liberties, creative liberties, as long as you are faithful to the character. To me, the most important thing is the character of that person and their major decisions that they make as a result of their character. If you are you know, true to that, then you have a chance to make a really entertaining, engaging movie and still have the spirit of the story there without necessarily complying with all the detailed historical facts. All right. Well, I want to thank you, sir, for taking time out of your schedule to uh, talk about my platform and tell me about a little bit of the movie-making process with Emperor. If you folks haven't seen Emperor yet, it's available at the Redbox. It's available to buy on Amazon, available to run on Prime Video for $5.99. Right now, Stars is showing it on their Prime Video channel, so no excuses. I highly, highly encourage you guys to check Emperor out to learn about a little bit of history of Mr. Shields Green. Sir, is there anything like to is there anything you'd like to add? And where can fans reach out to you on social media? And the only thing I can say is that um, you know, I think this is a movie where it's not meant to be a history lesson, but you will learn a lot about history uh, of civil war, of slavery, and I wanted to make a slave an inspirational, heroic slave movie, not one showing necessarily the misery and uh, uh, and just injustice of slavery, which plenty of movies have done a really good job. Um, I, I still think we show in this movie, you know, what a bad institution slavery was at the same time. Uh, we really focused on, on the spirit of the person who's fighting back. And to me, I think uh, that's, I think we've succeeded. At the same time, I want to tell you, it's going to be really engaging, entertaining movie. so I hope you enjoy it. All right, folks. Well, as always, you know, I like to end up with a quote, and we're going to go to the book of Frederick Douglass, who features in Emperor. The soul that is with me, the soul that is within me, no man can degrade. Frederick Douglass. Until the next time, done, out. What? It's over? Hmm.
I would very much like to hear more from this informed podcaster. Smithers, make sure to add reviews and done to my schedule so I don't miss next week's plethora of informative speak. <laughs>